0: stories of the day. Hashtag SAFM Sunrise. Government has now said it will appeal Friday's court ruling that ordered it to make sure that schools, hospitals and public stations are exempt or protected or isolated from load shedding. The Public Enterprises Ministry says it's concerned that implementing this ruling would basically threaten the national grid. In other words, as I understand their argument, if they had to exempt all of these facilities, there would be, well, really no load shedding and Eskim implements load shedding to stop the grid from being overloaded and to prevent a national blackout. Key to all of this is some of the technicalities of trying to isolate certain facilities to exempt them from load shedding in other words how do you supply electricity to a hospital through the grid during load shedding but you don't supply the squash court right next to that hospital kadri nasip is the executive director of energy at the city of cape town kadri good morning and thanks for your time uh, good morning Stephen. good morning to your listeners you've tried to isolate certain facilities to exempt them from load shedding how difficult is it to do
1: Exceptionally difficult, and I think we must just put this into context. Um, just excuse my voice. Sorry, I've got a bad cold. <laughs> but <coughs> excuse me. So we, we routinely do exclude certain critical infrastructures, such as hospitals, based on the generation capacity, access to fuel, etc. So the NRS 048 Part 9 regulatory standard makes provision for those type of instances. And remember, those are exclusions, not necessarily exemptions. Exemptions are, are permanent. Uh, in nature, exclusions are temporary. So we do make that allowance for hospitals already, and for other infrastructures, such as the CBD, for example, where there's a safety issue, high levels of congestion, and so on. But it has to be practical, Stephen, and I think that's the reality. So the way the networks are partitioned, if I were to exclude a hospital, I would have to exclude the surrounding neighborhood as well that comes with it. Eventually, you'll get to a point where you cannot exclude, you know, you don't have anybody to shed, as, as, as I think has been pointed out by national government. And I think the judgment talks to reasonable action. And so I think national will have to come back and say, well, this is what is reasonable, this is what's not. And then the high court will have to agree, I think, in terms of the way forward.
0: So, for example, you might have in a city like Cape Town or a city like Jürgen, Gauteng has 37 public hospitals, right? You might be able mm-hmm. to You might be able to isolate those, maybe. But if you mm-hmm. were to do the same for schools and police stations, suddenly it becomes unmanageable.
1: Correct. I mean, that's currently the case. So we are looking at... Most of the hospitals in Cape Town have some level of protection themselves, but we do provide that extra assistance where it's an emergency and they do need it. And we provide that to other events as well that are being hosted by the city. Um, on occasion, the cable car will need assistance, particularly when the generator packs up or they require maintenance on it, and we do provide that support to them. Um, so really, it's a, it's dealt with on a case by case basis. A very difficult balancing operation. Because to exclude that area means you still have to comply with the ESCOM load shedding requirement to ensure c- compliance and at the same time to satisfy the needs, which might be very critical at that particular point in time. But once you start excluding uh, schools and uh, you know, police stations, then it becomes almost unmanageable.
0: Grid technology is changing. Well, I'd like to hope, Kadri, that it is. So a few years ago, I know we would speak to, say, City Power and Joburg, and they said if you wanted to switch off an area, a technician had to go and do it by hand, which meant that every time there was load shedding. So, I mean, for stage six, it just becomes unmanageable. You run out of technicians. Someone has to go to a substation and pull a big switch down, and then at the end of load shedding, go and push that big switch up, right? Now, I'm presuming that in lots of places now there's a computer control room. Is the technology changing at all, which would allow, which would make it easier to isolate these facilities? Or do electricity circuits just not work like that?
1: No, no, it's a combination of both. I mean, it really just depends upon the age of the infrastructure that's in place. So currently, we're able to shed uh, quite a few areas in Cape Town remotely, which we do through our network control room. Um, but there are cases, yes, where we have to do manual switching, and that's taking up a lot of time of our technicians.
0: We seem to have lost Kadrina Seep. I'm hoping. Oh, there's the telltale beep of a load shedding WhatsApp call. I'm hoping that Kadrina Seep will come back to us, the direct executive director of energy of the City of Cape Town, in just a moment. Uh, quite a lot to sort of get through uh, with this interview because there are various other things. All right, Kadri, I think you're back with us now. Um, you were saying, you were telling us how that huh? not necessarily uh that was optimistic of me how foolish at this time let's see if we're able i think to uh, call him back in some way or another and see if we're able to just uh, make contact uh, with kadri nasip you know how difficult these situations can be during load shedding we've had it happen time after time after time no matter what we do i think we have him now Uh, kadri you back with us nope not there either kadri nasip oh dearie me all right well Yeah, now everything seems to be dropping. Okay, Kadri Nassip seems to have disappeared from us. We're going to continue these conversations and uh, see if we're able to... Ah, There you are, Kadri. All right, sorry about that. Okay, you were telling us about how the technology is changing for switching zones on and off. And my question was really around, does that mean it could get easier one day to switch switch on a hospital and switch off everything around it?
2: Mm, Yes, yes and no. Let's put it into context first. I think first we have to understand that a lot of switching is done remotely, yes. Um, But also quite a bit of unfortunately at the moment is done manually. So yes, technicians still go out and switch off-circuit breakers manually uh, at substations. Over time, what we are hopeful for Stephen is that we have a change in the approach to load shedding, that we focus more and more on the commercial customers to protect them during the working hours and then we switch over to the, the nighttime to protect the residential customers. So it will involve being able to sequentially switch off load in the residential sector in the day just to keep the critical loads on. And if we do that, um, what we'll find, Stephen, is that we'll be able to manage but terms of the economic impact that load shedding is having on the commercial customers. So that's an approach that we're looking at with national government, with the Minister of Electricity. And we're quite hopeful that we're going to come up with a project um, with Cape Town as the pilot to see if we can't change the way we think about how load shedding is implemented, particularly at higher levels.
0: If you had a big hospital, let's say, and you wanted to make sure it had power all the time, what's easier, isolating it on the grid so you can exempt it or buying a big generator? And the big generator may be a certain cost to buy, but what you're really trying to forecast is how long load shedding would last because you have to forecast how much the diesel will cost you. And in the end, I imagine the real cost is the diesel, not the generator.
2: That's correct. And this is what's happening with hospitals in any case. So they have backup generators, but nobody is able to budget for this amount of usage. So ultimately they run out of budget for diesel. That's the main thing. That's besides the maintenance requirement for the generators that are running flat out. So from that perspective, Stephen, I would say generators are impractical. Where possible, we must look at solar and storage solutions together. Um, Yes, the upfront cost might be higher, but overall it's going to be the better option for many of these installations, in particular schools. Schools are perfect for solar plus storage. Police stations, I think, would also benefit dramatically from that. Um, But in general speaking, hospitals, they'll have to go with generators. And we will offer that service to them as long as we can. Over time, we can partition the networks even to the degree that we were able to have access to the hospital and only a small surrounding area around it. And that makes it a lot easier for us to manage the grid by excluding the hospital and only isolating a small number of customers together with it.
0: Kadri Nasip, thank you, Executive Director of Energy at the City of Cape Town. I know it's difficult to, to be with us on that line. do appreciate it. Well, listening to all of this, Lungile Michele, Michele, me, the energy specialist. Lungile, good morning to you. I'm sure the government's lawyers are going to argue it's impossible technically for government to comply with Friday's order. From a technical point of view,
3: will they have a strong case to make that argument? Good morning, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Yes, they definitely will have a strong case. It was anticipated that they would challenge this ruling in any case. Um, I do appreciate what the different political parties and um, civil organizations, as well as individuals, try to do. But technically speaking, it is not possible. Um, What the only option you have at this point is to basically buy them generators, you get solar plus battery, you find all kinds of innovative solutions to provide them with electricity, the costs or issue then becomes very, very important, the capital cost, but also, as you've just mentioned, the operations and maintenance cost as well. Who is going to bear those costs? I don't think DPE has, has that kind of budget. Um, for the most part, the departments of health have been carrying their own clinics and their own hospitals, but they've been failing as well. It
0: would just be impossible to forecast the cost of diesel. There are just too many variables. You don't know how long it would go on for. You wouldn't be able to, government would lose the ability to budget And I mean, we can't have that, can we?
3: (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, you know, budgeting being one thing. I think even ESCOM battled to forecast what would have ha- what what actually happened in 2022. This is why the diesel cost spiraled out of control. And let's not forget that we also have that South African element of corruption as well. So somebody is going to have to supply these hospitals, schools, clinics with diesel on a consistent basis. Someone is going to have to do operations maintenance. Somebody is going to have to install and knowing how things have been operating for the longest amount of time these costs may even double even triple and again it becomes an issue of who bears the ultimate cost
0: we're seeing stage six at the moment uh, yesterday we spoke to Parriachi, who's sort of in charge of the specifications around sort of you know beyond stage eight what are you expecting this winter Lunghile?
3: um we do know that for the last Two, three months, there have been instances where we've been load shedding above stage six, at stage seven, at stage eight, even. ESCOM have not confirmed this, and in their defense, they, they said that they do not want to confuse customers. But the numbers are there. Um, we know for a fact that, stay, that winter is going to be extremely brutal. Minister of Electricity has told us that we're expecting about 150 days of excessive load shedding. Now, mind you, our load shedding consists consistently started in September of last year. We had a reprieve on Christmas Day as well as Boxing Day but it's been flat out throughout. I would say stage six consistently and perhaps even above. Um, it's going to be a very brutal winter.
0: Longile Michelle, thank you very much indeed as always. Really do appreciate the time.